Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. With your host, Philip Randazzo. And we're live. All right, cool. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Philip Randazzo. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. It is Monday. We have an exclusive interview coming your way. And I'm super pumped about this interview, guys. It was a guest that I met again at the Archangel Academy. And you are hearing a ton of guests that I've met at that event. And that is because there were It was a room full of 100 people, all super high-level achievers, thought leaders, people who are taking major, massive action in their respective areas, and I'm super jazzed to bring you guys today's guest, and that is Netta Lena. Let me get into her bio. So Netta is a woman of multiple hats that believes in diversity and continuous growth. She is the founder of Rise Up For You, as well as NLM Productions, while maintaining the role of senior producer for a nonprofit organization called The Young Americans. Amongst many cool things, she is a performance coach, a podcaster, I love that, an educator, a coach in leadership, confidence, and mindset. Now, she has over 10 years of coaching and mentoring. She's been able to work with over 50,000, yes, you heard that correctly, 50,000 young men, or sorry, young women, adults, and youth worldwide through various forms of communication and language. She has had the pleasure of uplifting and finding the true potential in individuals, helping them maximize their strengths, talent, and inner confidence. As you guys can see, Netta is someone who is doing some crazy big things. And here's some real quick fun accomplishments that, that she's done. She she climbed Mount Fuji in a typhoon. She worked with over 600 students in a bull ring in Spain. And she performed for thousands in Novosibirsk, Russia, somewhere in Russia, inside a circus tent. I mean, she is just really a high-level woman who is accomplishing some major things And you guys will be very quickly uh, able to see in the episode, in the show, that she is a go-getter. She takes action nonstop. She shares multiple times in the show that no matter what you're doing when you're passionate about something, you either are going towards it or you're going away from it. There's no middle ground. Every minute that you're not spending on your passion is a minute wasted, and I love that mindset. I love that attitude. This is going to be a fantastic show for our women listeners because Netta uh, works specifically for and with women, although she shares incredible insight for both men and women. Please, you got to check out her resources, riseupforyou.com. She's going to share all that good stuff in the show. I'm going to stop yapping. Guys, please enjoy my conversation with Miss Netta Lena. Enjoy. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101. Now, guys, if you're looking for a book that's going to help give you a framework to succeed, to reach your goals, to accomplish those things you've always wanted to accomplish, to take that leap of faith, maybe get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, you might be a person that isn't quite 
sold on personal development books, self-help books, maybe you're a young person who doesn't feel like the books relate to you, you could be any age, Rocket Fuel 101 is a six-step process that's going to propel you towards your goals and stop you from drifting through life. This is one of those books that's going to provide you with a framework. This six-step process is going to help you figure out your passions, pick a trajectory, you know, launch your mission, go ahead, set those goals, go 100% at it. If you're going to bring people along with you, you're going to find a mastermind network. There's so many things that this book is going to give you. You do not want to miss out on getting a copy for yourself. And in sponsoring the show, Rocket Fuel 101 is going to give you 15% off any and all purchases of books, whether it be the hard copy or ebook. All you have to do is go to the Rocket Fuel 101 numbers, Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. Again, that's the Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. And when you're at the checkout, type in the promo code podcast. That's promo code podcast. You are going to receive 15% off your purchase. And this is something, it's not a one time deal. You will get this no matter how many purchases you make. All right, so here's what I want you guys to do in this order. Go to therocketfuel101book.com. Get yourself, your friends, your family, whoever you want. Get them a copy of the book. Enter promo code podcast and start reading. You guys don't want to miss out on this. All right, hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo. And today I am here with Netta. Netta, how's it going? Very well. How are you doing, Philip? I'm doing great. I'm glad we got you on the show. Oh, thank you. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So for those of you guys listening, Annetta and I met at an event called the Archangel Academy. This took place in Los Angeles uh, at the end of January. And after hearing her story, I knew I had to have her on the show. And so, Netta, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing with the audience what what it is, basically your story and kind of the bullet point form, what it, what it is that kind of brought you to who you are today. All right. Well, let me give you the short version because <laughs> we go for hours. <laughs> yes. Well, I come from an entrepreneurial background. My father was an entrepreneur. So I actually started running businesses with my dad when I was 12 years old after school, heading over to the shops, heading to the restaurants and, uh, you know, just building that business um, mind that he had. And so growing up, I always had the entrepreneurial spirit in me. But funny enough, that wasn't like my first gig. I actually became a performer. So when I was 18, I started traveling the world with a nonprofit group called the Young Americans as a lead singer and dancer. And I toured all over the world globally. Um, and the best part about that is, is that not only did we perform, but we gave back to communities. So we taught people in these various communities around the world about music and confidence. So it was like half performing and half empowering through music. Um, so I quickly developed a love for working with people and inspiring and empowering people to be the best that they can be. And through that, I got into the world of education. Um, so again, short version, I ended up becoming an executive of a top corporation in California for education um, while I was directing performers on a daily basis. So my passion really became about empowering and sharing and receiving knowledge with others. And um, I really got into helping others and helping them understand their worth and helping people realize that they can achieve anything that they want to achieve, that nobody is different than anybody else. It's all a mindset. 
That's fantastic. And so let's let's start at the beginning. What was it about growing up in an entrepreneurial household? Because I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household myself, and it taught me a lot of things. What was what was probably the biggest thing growing up in that environment that it taught you? Oh, for sure, I would say discipline, discipline and work ethic. I mean, my dad didn't let us sleep. You know, past the, once the sun rose, it was like, get up. <laughs> this is not a hotel. What are you doing? <laughs> and like, we just started working. I mean, it was constant, nonstop, and it really built a work ethic. Like, there was the the time in the day didn't matter. It was like when the sun rises, you are up and you are working, and you're working with all of your passion. There was nothing like half ass about what we did. Um, so the work Work ethic and the discipline really kicked in at a young age because you have to remember that as entrepreneurs, you are creating your bread and butter, right? So mm-hmm. if you have a day of laziness or you have a day where you just don't, you know, feel like, you know, working to your full potential, well, that's going to cost you money, right? That yeah. costs you your business. And so at a young age, that was really instilled in us that how you work depends on what's on the table to eat, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, and, and I had the same experience growing up in my household, and it, you're, you're so right. The work ethic and, and all that stuff is so huge, and, and I realized at a young age that I had a much different work ethic, and I grew up in a household that had a much different work ethic than those around me, and, and it, it felt like I was ahead of the game. I was very grateful for that, and there's, there's some other things that come with growing up in entrepreneurial households, as you, I'm sure, know, that uh, you know are a little different than everybody else, but I want to ask you about the first performance that you ever did singing. What was that performance like for you? Were you nervous? Was it exciting? And, and who were you performing performing for? I'd love to hear all the details. Well, uh, do you want to know professionally or like when I was a kid in high school? <laughs> I, I would actually like to hear both. <laughs> so when I was a kid in high school, the first performance I did was a talent show. So I just joined the talent show. And okay, this is a funny story. And I hope I could share this here on the podcast of with course. your listeners. I was so nervous that I actually got um, a number of bloody noses just because I was so nervous. So I got like five bloody oh, noses goodness. in like a 30-minute time period because I was just so nervous and I had so much like energy and, you, you know, there was a lot of things going on inside of me that I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to go on Yeah. <laughs> when I was 14 years old. And it's funny because I was also a cheerleader at my school. And so I got called into the office the next day because – my principal thought that I was on cocaine because I had so many bloody noses. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I just busted up in laughter because like, I don't drink, I don't smoke. Like I've never been, you know, into that kind of thing. And I thought he was joking. And he was like, no, <laughs> last night you showed signs. Cause I was sweating, you know, I was anxious. Yeah. And then I had these bloody noses. He was like, no, you, you were showing signs that you, that you do coke. And I just, I could not, like, I can never forget that because I just thought it was so hysterical, <laughs> but I was just really nervous. But the thing that I, um, as a performer, if you don't mind me sharing that, I realized at a young age that my father taught me actually was that when you're nervous, it's a very selfish quality to have, um, mm. because the, the, per- the purpose of going on stage is not for yourself. Otherwise I would just sing in the bathroom, right? Exactly. I mean, that's good enough. Purpose of being on stage is to inspire people and to move people with your message and what you're doing. And so when my dad was like, you know, why, what are you nervous for? Like, that's very selfish for you to be nervous because now it's about you and not about the audience. And so quickly, you know, I got over my, my fears after that one performance. I think that's, that's such a great mindset to have. Oh yeah. My dad was like an amazing man. He was, he was in my books, a genius. 
Um, but as a professional, so by the time I got to, you know, the professional world of performing, that mindset was already in me. So it was always about sharing with the audience and sharing with the other performers on stage. So I actually don't have any nerves now as a performer. And, and when I was in the professional world as a singer, that never was a problem for me. That's fantastic. And I, I love that, you know, you, you went at it at such a young age and kind of overcame that fear. And one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with is being frightened on stage. And, and ultimately, you know, it, it's so funny, you, you brought up that point about, you know, it's not for you, it's for the audience. I think if a lot of people could change and shift their mindset to that attitude, it would play such a huge difference. And do you have any other tips for people? Maybe someone's about to go in for a job interview, maybe someone's about to give a, a keynote speech, would you have any tips for them in terms of getting on stage and, and commanding presence? Yeah, I would say that. So I actually utilize this concept in everything that I do, even as an entrepreneur. And it's it's the phrase, it's not about you. Mm. That's the phrase that is always in my head. It's not about you. So what you're doing, like when you're going up on stage and you're doing like a keynote in your keynote speaker, for example, it's not about you. Like you're going on stage to share the content that you have so that the people in the audience can gain the knowledge and the insight from your expertise. So it's not about what you're doing. It's about what you're sharing and what you're giving back. And I think that if everybody can lead their life with that intention, then, you know, your nerves and, and all this anxiousness that you're having will soon settle because you'll realize that my purpose for going on stage is just to share. And if I can be authentic and share, then you'll be fine. And it's the same when you go into a job interview, you know, you have to ask yourself, why am I going into this job interview? Am I going into the interview just because I want to make money? And if you are, if that's your sole reason then there's going to be a little bit of an issue. But if you go into this job interview, you know, with the mindset that I can contribute to your company and I know that there's things that I have that'll be beneficial for you and I'm excited to learn from you as a company and I'm excited to give back to you as a company. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. That is fantastic advice and it's advice that even I need to hear. I mean, we, we all struggle with this from time to time. So thank you so much for sharing. And I want to so that's actually a great segue. So, you know, I'm, I'm on your website here. By the time you were 27, you were a top executive. I mean, what was that world like for you? And then I, you know, at the back part of that story, as I've been reading on you is, you know, it's, it's not all, you know, sunny days and roses. As we all know, there's ups and downs in life. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing the experience of being that young, but, you know, being a top executive and then what, what the downfall, if you will, was like and how you brought yourself back up. So being an exec, <laughs> it's funny, right? Because in our brain, we're always like, oh, yeah, I want to be this. Yeah. CEO. And then like we forget that there's challenges to it, like you said. So when I jumped into the executive role, it was very, um, well, let me put it this way. It was very, it was a very fast process um, because I've always naturally have been a leader without knowing that I was a leader, right? Like when mm -hmm. you're passionate about something, you just do it. And so when I joined the company, I actually was just brought on as a director to direct like a musical, right? And so I was only working for the company for a month. And after a month, the CEO called me into the office and said, I want to make you an executive director of Jeez. the whole education corporation. And I thought they were joking, right? Because <laughs> I was like, I've only been here for one month. And I only came in like two times a week. <laughs> you know, so that brought a lot of challenges in itself because once I became an executive, there was a lot of people that worked under me that had been there for years. Mm. Right. So I kind of skipped the, the climb of the ladder. Like 
I just walked in as an outsider and then instantly took a position that many people were there for years could have could have had. Um, so there was a little bit of battle with that, but I think that I was also very stubborn, you know, and I'm sure you don't know anything about that, right? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I was younger, you know, you have a lot of passion and you think you know everything, right? You're like, oh, you know, I know what exactly what's happening. And so there was a lot of, um, I would say that I didn't put myself in other people's shoes as much. And as an executive, that's really, really important. And I created a barrier between the employees and myself as a, as an executive the first year. And I quickly tore that down because I realized that it wasn't needed. But I realized that as an executive, people look up to you regardless of your age or, you know, what gender you are. It doesn't matter. They look to you for insight and they look to you for the answers. And if you are, if you can't give that to them and you're not there to guide them, then like the whole corporation falls apart. And so I think that the, the mo one of the most important things was, not creating that barrier between myself and the employees and really being open with them and allowing them to have a safe space to also share ideas and share visions. And that's a big problem that, that still happens in the corporate world is that a lot of employees, they feel stifled and they feel like they can't share their ideas and, and also give their passion and their vision. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. I think that's a huge problem. And you know, for, for you to have even noticed it is a huge deal because I've worked for companies when I was growing up and when I was in high school, I worked for companies and you could tell these people had been in these roles for years, but they still had these same barriers up and it was so hard to get anything done and they were so set in their ways in such a negative way. It's just very frustrating to operate with people like that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in turn, it also comes from some of the from some of the corporations. And so that was another battle for me is that I realized that the top, you know, the top chain of the corporation, we had a little bit of that fear instilled in our employees and we didn't realize it. It's not that we were doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. It was just naturally happening. And I quickly realized that we need to get rid of the fear in our employees and we need to make sure that our, that our employees understand that, yes, there's a chain of command, but at the same time, I don't want my employees to work out of fear. I want my employees to work out of passion and to work out of a want and to be excited to come to work. And then the whole environment collaboratively will be a lot more exciting and a lot more driven to our purpose as opposed to being fear-based. Totally agree. And so what was the one, I mean, coming from an entrepreneurial background and then working in a company and being an executive, they're, they're two different things. What, what was the, you know, maybe the one thing that you learned most in terms of being an executive that you now apply to your business? That's a good question. Um, Honestly, it's diversity. Mm. It's it's understanding all the pieces to everything. Because if you can understand all the pieces to every part of the corporation, every pieces to your business, and I mean everything, like I mean being in the trenches, right? So being in the trenches is knowing how to clean the bathroom just as much as, as knowing how to hire, fire, and lead corporate policy, right? That's a yep. big thing. And I think that a lot of people forget that, that even the small details and the small work you should know how to make it happen because you'll be able to lead better, right? So if I'm leading this corporation of employees, I should know as much as I can about every single job position and how it functions. 
I totally agree. And that's that's probably one of the things that that you maybe had trouble with climbing the ladder in, in one month, whereas you know, the people had all these years underneath them to kind of learn these roles and you kind of catapulted into this position without having maybe gone through some of the same processes. Oh, absolutely. And I have to say that my, my CEO was genius in that regard because she actually made me and I didn't understand it at first. And then at the end of the project, I was like, this was amazing. She made me do every single role on campus for like a day. Mm. So I actually had to go into the cafeteria that fed all of the corporate employees and be a part of the cafeteria and like serve and cook. Right. That's awesome. And I, I mean, I naturally love it because I just love to learn at the time. I didn't understand how it all fit, but when I was done, I was like, I totally get it. And it made me a better executive because like I said, I knew a little bit about every single position and I understood their struggle. And you, so if you understand where they're coming from and you're in their shoes and you can see the struggles and the, and the complications that come with each position, you can better lead them because now you can help them and guide them to be progressive. That's fantastic advice. And so You've been an executive. Now take us through kind of what happens next. In my personal life? Yeah, in in your personal life that then I'm sure turned into everything that you're up to now. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, know, when you you are in life, I should say, um, you know, events don't – choose you based off of, you know, your color, your gender, you know, what you've done in life, you know, traumatic events happen to everybody, right? It's not, uh, it's not selective, honestly. No, not, not at all. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I definitely took a, a dip in my personal life. So again, I was, you know, a top executive. I was making great money, you know, an incredible six figures. I had a home on the lake, a beautiful luxury car, um, I mean, I was doing very well at 27 years old for being single. And I mean, I I didn't have any debt. Right. So, I mean, I was just making money and living the dream life. And, uh, you know, I, I got married to a man who wasn't an American citizen and, you know, I believe in love and I believe in trust. And so I resigned from my job and sold my house, sold my car, and I moved out of the country. Mm. And, for my husband, of course. And within two weeks of being married, my husband uh, told me on the first day of our honeymoon that he didn't love me anymore and he didn't want to be married. Wow. And you can imagine, right? Like my shock of what, what are you talking? Like, what are you talking about? Like I just left everything, my whole career that I built to move out of the country and spend my life with you because I believed in this. And so you can imagine after two weeks, I was back on an airplane and I only had three luggage um, and I had lost everything in two weeks, honestly. And, you know, I remember sitting on the plane back from out of the country, back to California, and I was bawling naturally and I was just crying and crying. And then I just had this aha moment while I was on the plane. And I just remember thinking, OK, things happen in life that you can't control. Right. And there's two ways of going about it. You can either use your pain to help you grow and be better, or I can sit and be depressed and eat bonbons all day. (laughs) Right. And so I remember sitting on the plane and thinking, no, like I am not going to allow this to break me and I am going to use this to make myself better. 
So instantly I got off the plane and I started to think, what, what am I going to do? Right. Like I had, I had nothing. I was pretty much homeless. Right. So my mm -hmm. mom lived in California and that was the only way I wasn't on the streets. If my mom wasn't in California, I would have been on the streets. So I started to think, you know, I could call up the corporation and get my position back, but I rehired myself. I hired another executive to take my spot and I didn't want to do that. There was something in me that said, no, you know, you've always been an entrepreneur. You've always had that spirit. It's time for you to do you. And that's exactly what I did. And so from that, I built a company called Rise Up For You. And it's a company um, dedicated to empowering women to lead their best life and to step into life at a thousand percent and to achieve happiness in all areas of life, not just one, because one area is not enough, as we know, right? Like they're all intertwined and they're all related. So if you're not happy in your career, then you're not going to be happy at home, you know, with your husband or with your boyfriend or with your family. If you're not happy with your health, then you're not going to be health healthy inside with confidence. You're not going to be happy when you step into a room. You know what I mean? It's all, everything is intermingled. And so from there, I built Rise Up For You and I'm continuing to build it every day. And I have a podcast and I have my first conference um, on November 4th, where I'm bringing professional women together that are going to be empowered so that they can be better in their career and they can be better in their life. And that's what I did with my pain. And that's, I used it as fuel to help me grow as opposed to take a step backwards. Yeah, man, that congratulations. I mean, that's just such a huge turnaround. And most people don't have the ability to make that turnaround because they just don't believe in themselves enough to do so. And I love what you said about taking a holistic approach to all this. And I used to do holistic nutrition and we equated it to spokes on a wheel. If you have one spoke that's not long enough or broken, the wheel's not going to run correctly. And so just what you alluded to earlier, you know, if one area of your life is not functioning properly, it's going to trickle into all the other areas. I think that's such sage advice. And so what are some of the things that you do now for women uh, with Rise Up for you in terms of helping them? That's a great question. Thank you. So we have the podcast and um, just like you, I interview experts two to three times a week that can provide content and strategy to these women because a lot of times um, they just don't know how to do it, right? Or yeah. they just need a little bit more of a push. They need that voice in, the, in their head that can help them and say, hey, you can do it. This is what you can do. Um, I also coach women in confidence and mindset to help them get that push, to help them be better in their career. And we, of course, we have the website where we put out daily articles and we do blogs and we do quotes constantly. You know, we have different programs and stuff that um, help women to really be their best and to feel great. And then as mentioned, I'm launching my first conference so that I can bring women together in an effort to build connections and to have that support system. That's so awesome. And so what, what are the, the details on the conference? Where is it being held? What are the dates? Great. Thank you. So it, we're starting off with a one-day conference. It's November 4th in Southern sunny California. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be in Sill Beach. And it's again, November 4th, 2016. And we're going to have six amazing keynote speakers. One of them is uh, Michelle Patterson. She's the founder and the CEO of the Women's Network, which was, is one of the largest um, women network in the world, like globally. Um, so she's going to be there speaking. So we have some we have some great stuff lined up for that. So yeah. 
Fantastic. That's awesome. And so, you know, we, we do have a lot of female listeners on the show. And so female or male, if someone's just had a, a, a huge event or turn of events happen in their life, you know, what's one or two pieces of advice that you'd like to share with them in terms of helping them just kind of get their eye back on the prize and kind of turn things around and use that to help them grow? That's a really good question, Philip. Um, the first thing that I would say is nobody is going to do it for you. Mm. So even though we get hit with these traumatic events, and, and I also want to tell you, because I didn't mention this, that after I came back um, to California, you know, when I was separated from my husband and getting a divorce, my mother was diagnosed with stage three cancer like oh, a month man. later. Yeah. So it was like double whammy for me. Um but you have to understand that you're not alone. And like I said, these events, these uh, traumatic events in your life that happen, these downfalls, they don't uh, pick and choose who, who they're going to select. Everybody gets hit by these. And you have to just make a decision like, are you going to keep going or are you not? But you're the only one that can make that decision. Nobody is going to knock on your door and hand it to you. So really all you're doing is procrastinating your success by letting it completely eat you alive. Does that make sense? That makes total so, sense. So you, you're the only one that can do it. And, and that's why I created Rise Up For You is because I really wanted to get that message across that no one's going to do it for you, even though we want people to do it for us. And especially when we're down and, and we can be depressed and we've just gone through a series of events that's very painful and hurtful. At the end of the day, we just have to do it and we have to be able to get ourselves to a positive place and understand that we're not alone and that many people get hit with these traumatic events and the and the difference between the doers and the people that don't do it is all a mindset is just being able to look in the mirror and accept the tragedy that's happened and the traumatic events and say this has happened to me it's very very painful and it's a struggle for me but i'm going to get through it. And each day I'm going to take steps in order to succeed. Even if that means baby steps, even if that means that one to two to three hours a day, I'm going to start working on my future. And maybe another hour, I'm just going to sit and relax and just reflect on what I've just been through. That's okay too, because that's just as healthy. So that's what I would say is just to really, is to A, acknowledge what you've been through because that's like, don't hide from it. You know, I think a lot of people, they just try to like, you know, they keep going, they keep going and they want to forget what's just happened. Acknowledge what you've been through, accept what you've been through and now realize that nobody is going to help you get out of this except for yourself. So you have to keep pushing through. There's no other choice, Philip. Yep. You're totally right. There really isn't. And it really is all up to you to, to make something happen and to grow from your experiences. I I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it's going to help a lot of people. And so, Netta, what is the one thing right now that you're most excited about that's coming next? And it could be this this event that you're putting on in November, but what's the one thing that you're super jazzed about right now? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, I would say it is the conference. I think just like put, watching it all come together and putting it together is, is extremely exciting. You know, there's a lot of risk when you put together a conference, right? There's a huge financial risk. You know, mm-hmm. am I going to lose the shirt off my back? Because of course you have to put the money up front before you get the ticket sales. Like there's a lot of pieces that go to it, but it's just really exciting to see it come to fruition. So I've had a number of women that I've reached out to that have reached back that have said, yes, like I want to speak at your conference. I'm excited to do it. You know, I just 
just got done talking to a sponsor that was like, absolutely, I want to sponsor your conference. So it's these little things that are coming to fruition, these little tiny wins that are happening every day that make the vision of the conference like more and more alive each day. And it's just so exciting. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I had a we're we're slowly working on putting together a conference of our own and like any big project that's just such a fulfilling process to go through just to see, you know, you have this vision and then you see all the little pieces coming into play. I think it's such an awesome thing to see. And it's cool because, you know, businesses can take years and years and years to come to fruition. This is something that you can see, you know, from start to finish in a relatively shorter amount of time. It's kind of a, a mini business, if you will, you know, in this short time frame. Right. Absolutely. And well, and that's the key, Philip, is that if you have a vision and there's something that you want to do, get her done. Right. Yeah. Why, why wait? Get her done. You have a vision. There's a mission. There's a purpose. There's a why behind what you what are you waiting for? Just make it happen, because I'll, t- I'll tell you something for every minute that you wait on your idea and your vision. There's somebody that's going to come along right behind you and sweep it up without you knowing. And yep. before you know it, it's gone. And now that's no longer a vision that you can create because it's it's already done. Yep, it's already been taken. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. So Netta, we are we are we've come to the rapid fire section of the show. So I'm gonna ask you some short form questions and you can answer them uh with as long as of a response as you'd like. Are you ready? I am ready to roll. Fantastic. All right. So when you think of the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Ellen. Mm. Ellen DeGeneres. And and the reason why is because she has managed to become very successful, as we know, um, while maintaining her heart and her kindness. And I think that at the end of the day, doesn't matter how much money you have or how much fame or what you've built, if you're not kind, it doesn't mean anything. So her heart and her kindness is they are, that's what makes her successful. Yep. It's, you cannot lose sight of who you are in the process. That's great advice. And so Netta, what one book would you recommend or what one book do you gift most often? The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. It's a great Love book. Love it. Love the book. Great book. And actually that's a great question uh, or a great uh, way to ask you, you know, are there, is there a morning ritual that you practice? Do you follow his morning ritual or do you have your own little deal that you do? Yeah, I have my own that I do. Um, so what I so, do you want to hear it? I'd love to. <laughs> so I wake up in the morning, and the first thing that I do is make my favorite cup of coffee because that just gets me going. So I just get up, make my cup of coffee, um, and then I come back and I write in a daily journal. You know, just you know, three things that I'm going to do today. I write some words of affirmation about myself, and then funny enough, I put my makeup on. And I know that sounds funny, but for me, just putting myself together makes me feel great. So I, I do my hair, I put my makeup on, and I and then I look at myself and I I am ready to roll and I feel excited about what I'm going to do, and then I work out. I love to work out and it's something that um is very needed in my life. I come back, I read a little bit. Sometimes it's only ten minutes, sometimes it's you know thirty minutes, and then I meditate before I jump into my day's work. Fantastic! I love it. I and, I, and I'm I'm one of the, those people too that I like to get dressed up in the morning for whatever reason, no matter what I have going on. It just I don't know. It just prepares me for the day. Like you said, I think it's a, a great practice that people can take on. Exactly. All right. So besides your podcast, what <laughs> other one podcast would you recommend, or what what online resource do you refer to often? I have to say that I am a huge fan of The Art of Charm by Jordan Harbinger. Yeah, it's a great show. It's a podcast. It's amazing. 
Um, it's geared for women, for men, sorry, not women, for men, but I mean, it applies to women. It applies to anybody. It's just such a great show. Yep. I totally agree. Thank you for sharing. And obviously everyone that's listening, I'm going to link to all these things in the show notes. So don't worry, you'll be able to access all this stuff. So in kind of in regards to your morning ritual, if you had to pick one part of your daily routine to do for the rest of your life, if you couldn't do any other parts, what would that one part be and why? See, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, it's between like working out and reading, right? Yeah. Because, you know, gaining knowledge is so amazing, but working out just does something for you. Uh, I would have to say work out. Yep. I would definitely have to say working out. Yep. I'm yeah. in agreement with you. I think if, if I could combine it, I'd say work out and then like maybe I'll do some reading while I'm working out or, or listen to an audio book while I work yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Maybe <laughs> listen to a podcast or something while you're working out. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So, Nettie, where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, thank you so much for asking that, Philip. Um, they can go to www.riseup4u.com. Um, and, they, and that's my social media handle, too, on everything, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, Snapchat. It's at Rise Up For You. Um, and that's where you can find me anywhere. I have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook group, Twitter account, Snapchat. And definitely go check out the website. There's a ton of free content there. Um, you'll see my podcast episodes. Of course, that's on iTunes and other podcast directories. But definitely the website is a great start. And if you go there and you subscribe, and I, I'll, of course, I'll get your email. Email. I send out uh, weekly newsletters that have a ton of content and information. So that's a great place. Yep. And I'll tell you what, I, your website is an amazing tool. So for all the women listening and even men, there's a lot of great resources on Netta's website. Please go check it out. You will not be disappointed. I've been been looking at it over the past couple of days in order to prepare for this. And it really does have a lot of awesome resources. So Netta, really thank you for putting that stuff out there because people are really benefiting from it. Thank you, Philip. And can I just say just a quick insert, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but just, you know, for your listeners and, and future entrepreneurs, this goes back to the question that you asked me about being an executive. That website and the podcast was built by myself. And before, you know, I jumped into this, I knew nothing about technology and how how to build a website or anything. And I did all of that through research on my own because I had a vision and to make it happen. Yep. And, and I'm right there with you, this podcast and, and all of my websites, it's all built by yours truly, because I, I really agree with you. I love doing it all myself. And I have such a specific vision for what I'm trying to accomplish. It's really hard for me. I'm, like like you said earlier, I'm, I'm, I am stubborn. It's hard for me to, to give up some of my control. I have such a specific <laughs> vision. I have to see it through. 100%. Awesome. All right. So, Netta, we always end the show with our guests sharing their favorite quote. So, what quote would you like to share with us today? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, again, um, it's if you truly loved yourself, you can never hurt another. And that's from Buddha. Mm, fantastic. That Buddha. is a fantastic yeah. way to end the show. Netta, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us today. You have been absolutely incredible. Philip, thank you so much. It's been an honor, and I hope that uh, anything that I can do to help you contribute, please let me know. Yes, of course. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week.